0: An amazing event coming up very short here on January 8th and 9th. It's all about how to thrive in these transitioning times and reach new levels of growth, expression, and abundance. The Coptic Center is having a two-day workshop, and it'll have a 48-hour replay if you end up missing the presentations. But I have up to 19 presentations on January 8th and January 9th. These are going to be things they're going to discuss about how to create a better world, how to create prana, the journey of illusion versus reality, and how to just different individuals coming together to share some amazing uh, information on how to level up in your life in every aspect possible. Um, this is going to be a great workshop. I highly recommend to attend. If you're interested in about this and want to register or read more about it and register for the workshop, it is only $25. You can click in the show notes. I have a link there. Go there, click on it, and make sure you register before January uh, 8th. Look forward to seeing you guys there. Uh, I know it's going to be a great event. appreciate y'all. Now back to the show. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode on The Mindful Experiment, as each Friday we launch and release someone that we interviewed to dive into their world, share what they're doing, how they're helping, and how it relates to life, consciousness, the mind, mindset, and so much more. This week, I had the pleasure of interviewing Carrie hummingbird Sami. And what a blast we had. I mean, I already knew before, a little chat before the recording was absolutely on the same wavelengths. And I knew that this was going to be a good one. Um, Carrie and I talked about a ton of different things. We talked about her story. We talked about how important it is to work on your mother wound, how important it is to look at the wounds as a, young, as a young age, and how those patterns replay themselves. Why the darkness is not something to look at, of something being in your way, but part of the way. And so much more. I promise. Sit back, relax, get a pen and paper out. There's going to be some wonderful, deep, grounded wisdom that Carrie shares that you're going to truly found profound for your life. To give you a little bit about... Um, Carrie, she's the author of the number one. She has, she's the author of "Love Is Fierce: Healing the Mother Wound." She's also the author of the number one international bestseller, author of "The Second Wave," um, and she's all about, you know, demonst- the state of her world. demonstrates clearly, that we all have been touched by the mother wound for thousands of years. Mothers have been disempowered, shamed, and belittled. As a result, many mothers have developed victim mentalities, which can result in their being unable to love fully, neglecting their loved ones, and even competing with their children for control. And attention. A woman with the mother wound will experience an intense struggle not to pass it on to her children. Luckily, now there's a time to awaken. Women are tired of the suffering and ready to write our own roles, our ancestral programming, and live the life of our dreams. This is where her book comes out. Uh, Love is Fierce, Healing the Mother Wound guides women to encourage courageously, reclaim their power, wisdom, and voice by healing the mother wound so they can help mend the sacred hoop of humanity. What the world needs now is a fierce love and courageous truth of healed women and men and the whole earth mamas. So sit back, relax, enjoy the show but I'm not going to share anymore because I don't want to take any more thunder away from her. But here is Carrie Hummingbird Sami. Carrie, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me on the show.
0: I'm excited to have you on. I think the work you're doing is absolutely amazing, absolutely essential, especially the mother wound. I can't wait to dive in with and share all that with the listeners. So um, before we get into that stuff, though, before we get into the all that good... I want to just ask this question my listeners know I do this all the time how what's your story what what got you into doing what you're doing now? what was that what 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 how did life you know I call it the pinball effect? It bounces us around until we're like, oh yeah, this is what I'm gonna be doing. <laughs> um, yeah, it's got, I call it the universe like kind of smacking you around, but that's a whole nother story. but um how did you get into what you're doing? what's your story? Well, your background that leads to what you are now?
1: Well, you know, I love this question, and, and what I would say, you know, years ago, if you would asked me um, when I started doing interviews, it would have been kind of my victim story of like, well, this poor thing happened to me, and it was really awful. What I'm going to say to you now is that, you know, life led me on a journey of my choosing um, lined to my soul's curriculum, the, the stuff I came here to do and be and know, and in order to serve in the way I needed to serve, I needed to experience some things. So some of the things I needed to experience... Um, was some early childhood abuse and scary, scary things. Um, My mom um, married a man who was really kind of more like a free love spirit in the 60s and into, you know, Free love and all that and um <laughs> and then she realized that with her Southern Baptist um, upbringing, maybe that wasn 't the best dad you know to have invited in, and nothing against my my natural father, but he just um you know he had his own wounding, and he wasn 't really prepared to be a father, he was kind of still figuring out how to take care of himself and um heal his own wounds from his childhood of with his mother sort of um, sleeping around and stuff like that with a lot of different men leaving him in you know outside hotel rooms and to fend for himself as like a young child, like three, four. Um, so lots of trauma there. And my mom brought that into her life and brought that, you know, created me out of that. And then she married somebody that she thought would be really, really steady. And he turned out to be a violent drunk. And so for the next four years, you know, we spent really kind of scared. You know, what's he going to do next? Is he going to throw her off the balcony? Is he going to, you know, hurt my mom in front of me? Is he going to hurt her because I'm being a, a little toddler? Because those are the things that were going on. And my mom was, meanwhile, secretly stashing money so she could get away from him. And, um, you know, then he found that and then he beat her up for that. So finally, by the time I was five, um, my mom met my, what who I call my dad, who is my stepdad. But uh, this man was in our lives from the time I was five until about three years ago when he passed away. He was, you know, the epitome of this the integrous man you know the the conscious man the the wonderful father um the steadfast the um the one that helped me see all the way through um my options you know and really i believe without him i would be in a very different place right now Um, and even with him i went through some stuff and you know that was my beginning of realizing Stuff that happens to you zero to five, it lasts. You know, these, are, these are things that you've got to work through in your lifetime in the inner work. Otherwise, you end up um, acting out from these old patterns. And that was what's happening to me, certainly as I started um, you know, getting into puberty and um, had like many people that experienced early trauma, uh, had a lot of promiscuity uh, as a way of coping with the emptiness inside. And, um, you know, and that landed me in some psychotherapy when I tried to take some pills, you know, out of shame. My dad had come home and found me with a boy and I had a lot of shame. So I, I turned to self-harm because that's what a lot of people do who have gotten um, early childhood trauma and had these experiences. So that, that landing me in psychotherapy, that journey from 15 till about 42, uh, weekly psychotherapy, it really taught me a lot about how my brain works. It taught me a lot about my thought tunnels. It taught me a lot about the stories I tell. But it didn't help me break those stories. That's the thing. It, it did not help me break those things. It just showed me what they were because they kept repeating every week. And I was like, why? This isn't changing. Nothing's happening except I'm getting more and more aware of what I'm doing to myself. And nothing's changing. And I finally got to the end of that rope. And decided, you know what? This isn't helping. The pills don't help. They just mask the symptoms. They just uh, put me in a little glass wall between me and the rest of the world um, so that I can't feel what I'm feeling. And then I can do more mean things, right? Because I can't feel it. Uh, So I did that. I did that in my marriage. I had marriage for 20 years. And the whole time I was in there, I was trying to heal. I was going to these weekly psychotherapy sessions. I was, you know, once I had my child, uh, my first child. They put me on, um, like, uh, antidepressants, you know, for for postpartum depression because that was the solution for me. And it didn't get better. It got worse. You know, like, there was nowhere for that pain to go because they weren't going deep enough with me. And therefore, I wasn't healing that zero to five. I wasn't healing those early wounds. I wasn't healing the impetus. I was causing all of the behavior. And, and I wasn't healing the space that created the, in me where I attracted a partner who was, you know, kind of verbally abusive. So uh, those things I wasn't healing until I decided to leave. And so, you know, as many women uh, know, when you're a woman, uh, there's something about being a woman. When you get to the end of the rope, it's like, that's enough. I'm out. Bye. And that's kind of where I got to. You know, I'm an extremely loyal person. It took me 20 years to get there. Left the marriage and walked away and said, enough. And I said, enough to psychotherapy at the same time. Now, at the time, I was in a place where most people would go, wow, she's kind of crazy, because <laughs> I was acting out from all this pain. Within six months, though, I met, um, I, met, I went to yoga, and I met a spiritual mentor. I started working with him. I didn't even know what that was. I was like, wow, okay, whatever this is, I'll do this. And and then the next thing that happened is I, I joined this um, shamanic um, program to understand myself, to really understand who I am in truth. And the first book we picked up in that program was The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. And all I got to say is thank God for the Four Agreements book because it saved my life. I read that book 30 times front to back. And I started retraining my brain. You know, the agreements are uh, don't take anything personally, don't make assumptions, you know, be impeccable with your word and do your best. That was the path of integrity. And because I took that path with myself and because I started realizing, finally somebody started telling me something useful, that I was more than just a body and I was more than just a mind, that I was an energetic body. I was like this being well beyond even this lifetime, and that I had emotions and that those emotions were important to pay attention to and that I had body signals. And my body was actually my ally. It was telling me things. I didn't know all that before. When I was just a mind, I thought, well, this body is just here to serve me. You know? I didn't realize that I'm actually here to love this body until I started this path. So I call this path walking the red road. I've been walking the red road now for you know about a decade and every step I take brings me deeper into myself, deeper into my understanding of myself, more love for my inner child, um, making myself the mother I always wanted for myself, and for others. And and now through the work you mentioned, healing the mother wound, I've actually made it safe enough inside of me to make it safe for my mom. And so my mom and I are now enjoying this incredible relationship, this profound love connection that I never had with my mom before. It was always like this sort of tentative, you know, danger, fraught situation. I was like waiting for her to explode or something and I was scared of her. And I have transformed that now because I realized that in order for my, my mom to sh- have a chance at showing up differently with me, I had to change my story about her completely. So that's the work I've been doing. I feel like I'm the mother, I'm the mother today that I wish I had been when I birthed my son's. So I'm out here to help others, you know, anybody who's like a mom to be or a mom or a dad and you're like, you know what? I just want to be the parent that serves my the next generation. This is the deep dive work we got to do to get there, Victor. I really believe it. I just experienced it on the inside and I see it all the time with my clients now.
0: It's something that <clears throat> excuse me, I always say it's like a must. We have to if you don't dive there, you're you're never going to get to the root of everything. And Yeah. And you shared something I thought was really cool. I bring up, you know, quantum entanglement, right? And uh, I have had my background as a chiropractor, but I also have a background in energy healing, Reiki master, and I've worked with shamans before and a lot of, I still work with a shaman. Um, but it's one of the things that we, we discuss a lot where it's like the more healing you do on yourself opens the door to allow for healing uh, all the generations before you like your mom, your grandmother, et cetera, et cetera. And they say sometimes that when you do the healing, you're also doing the work for them. And that's why relationships will evolve and grow where like you're sharing, I've been through the same thing where I've done so, I'm always working on myself. And there's an area of point in my life where I got to some really deep stuff, just like you got to, right? And when I got through that and cleared it, then all of a sudden my relationship with my dad drastically changed. Um, He would have conversations with me. Um, I wouldn't be triggered by some of the things he would say anymore. And I would always be like, hmm, now who did this? Is it me changing or is it him changing? And because my left brain's like firing like crazy, trying to analyze this. And I'd be going, oh, if I did the healing, if quantum entailment's true, if all this is true, then it it, it helped him heal just as much as it's I'm healing myself in that process.
1: Well, you know, and I, I've had the same quandary and I realize it's just sort of me wanting some credit, but, but it is an interesting thing. And also, cause I want to know how it works. Like I love peeling back the, the curtain and see the man, you know, like the wizard of Oz, like I see you behind the curtain, you know, like I love that moment where I can like get a glimpse of how the divine works. And I would say, yeah, I would say for me, it's like, I saw my mom doing the best she could with the tools she had. And what I did in doing my own work is I had a different tool set I gave myself a different tool set by basically investing all of my, you know, (laughs) in in, uh, my life savings from my my Silicon Valley career. You know, I was like, just gave it all. I'm like, this is the only thing that matters is like actually healing myself. I actually, uh, I feel like I lifted her. I lifted her to a place where her tools would actually start working. You know, And, and and that's the thing is like if you're most most people I see that are really um, struggling. It's because they're, they're, um, submerged under all of this mud and they just can't get free of the mud to think clearly enough to make a good choice. It's like it's just permeating them, this mud. And so, I think our job is as, as facilitator leaders as mentors as guides people that have gotten free of the mud is to help others get free of it too and the way that we do that is by holding our vibration high and holding love for people and you know courageously keeping our heart open even if people are doing you know painful things and just keep Keep at it, you know, keep loving, keep being present, keep being compassionate. And sooner or later, that mud starts to loosen up and it starts to fall away. And as the mud falls away, you see the sparkle in someone's eyes. And when you see the sparkle in someone's eyes, you know they're home again. And it's like, oh, there you are. Okay, I knew you were in there somewhere, you know, underneath all that stuff is you. And that's really what we're here to do at this time is wake each other up and you know when that mud clears it's like the the channel clears not only to spirit everyone's always thinking about going to the clouds you know it's not only spirit it's like also to mother earth you know when we really sink our roots deep into mother earth and we listen to her we become like those mushrooms in the mycelium network. We become like the trees connected underneath uh, the ground with our roots. And we can communicate with each other seamlessly without using words even. You know, it's like you become plugged into the planet. And when we get plugged into the planet, we're going to make a big difference in this world. The, the brilliance that will come forth will really you know, kind of turn people's heads. They'll be a surprise at how quickly this can happen once we wake up. And so that's why I'm dedicated totally to waking people up. Right, Victor? I mean, that's the only thing that matters right now.
0: No, I mean, we're in a, we're in a pivotal shift right now. And if we keep, you know, we have two roads and if we keep going the way we've been going, uh, it doesn't look really well for us. And if we go the other route, that's where we can, all these things that were in books and it's like a fairy tale and all, oh, it's all whatever, hoo poo-hoo hoo, hoo stuff. But, that's the reality of what we need to do, but we need to, we need to make that shift. And uh, you know, self responsibility, I think, is one of them, in owning and doing the work, right? Doing the work that you're talking about, doing the work of connecting, right? We're, we're in a world where, and I know I'm preaching to the choir here, we're in a world that's uh, uh, v- v- extremely connected from an internet side, but vastly disconnected from self and nature.
1: Yeah. True self and nature. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, everyone thinks they're connected to themselves, but as you and I both know, having walked this journey for, you know, your idea of who you are kind of radically changes over the course of this work. So you start to realize like Oh, I'm not who I thought I was. Oh, wow, I'm something so much vaster. Oh, wow, this is pretty amazing. Oh, and it's not about me. Awesome. You know, it's like I totally benefit when I realize it's not about me. It's about just doing the role that I came here to do. Uh, When I'm plugged into the planet, I know what that is. I love this interview. I I told you about it before we got on um, the show. But um, there's this beautiful interview that um, uh, Zach Bush did recently And it was, like, an incredible interview to me because he's talking about – and I'll give you a link to it for your audience, you know, just just so that you know you guys can go listen to it. You don't have to, like, write that all down right now. But this interview, um, I love – Zach Bush just to begin with because he's so honest and he comes from this you know this place of so much education the guy's got like four or five medical degrees because this guy wouldn't give up he said no I didn't go deep enough no I don't understand it yet no I got to go deeper I got to find a solution there's a solu-. he's looking for the root cause that's what shamanism does shamanism in the energetic sense in the emotional cognitive space looks for the root cause. It doesn't just like slap a pill on something to make it go away. It's like, no, let's like explore what's underneath here. Let's go into that murky territory of like tangled up stuff and see if we can find the solution. And that's what this guy bravely has done, along with so many more people, but he's just like such a beacon right now for all of the work that we've been doing in this kind of space. And he talks about how, you know, we really, he has really faced, he has faced the worst possible scenario. You know, he's faced the fact that we're, we're in an extinction event. You know, we're facing this, the sixth extinction. You know, are we going to see the sixth sun or are we going to see the sixth extinction? And we're in that moment and we get a choice. And for him, you know, and I I resonated with what he said because I felt also like so much resistance to that. I'm like, no, we're not going to be extinct. We're going to survive this. And just pushing, pushing, pushing and trying to make people see and like force this thing to happen. It's like, you got to wake up. I'm like shaking you. And the way that he accepted it, it reminded me, oh my God, you know, with our shadows, we have to allow those shadows to be, accept them, and embrace them. And when we embrace it, allow it and accept it, we have so much more power because we're not trying to run from it. We're not trying to push it away or deny it or repress it or you know act like it's not true, stick our head in the sand. We're not doing that. We're saying, wow, this is a real potential in our space. What are we going to do about it now is the next question. And that comes from such a more Grounded space, like owning it, like, yep, this is what I see in front of me. That's death as my ally. And in my work with people, I always use death as my ally because, you know, if you only had one day left to live on earth, that would really pare down the stuff that you were going to do that day. You'd be down to, like, wow, what's actually important to me? What do I actually need to focus on today? What am I going to give my last few breaths to? And so I want to just give your audience this. What if we're the last few generations of humanity? How do we want to leverage that experience? How do we want to learn? How do we want to have gratitude? If we're the conclusion of thousands of years, how do we want to conclude it? Do we want to conclude it by going out unconscious? Or do we want to conclude it with some bucket loads of gratitude and a total change in perspective that might save us or might not? but at least we go out with gratitude at least we go out with love and compassion for each other at least we go out as unity let's like actually think about that because if death is our ally what can we accomplish together that's really a big question and i know like sometimes i can land like a big old anchor at the bottom of the ocean but i feel like it's empowering to face the truth of things so that we can really decide what do we want to actually focus on? What's not important and what is?
0: I love that. Those are some powerful questions there. And I think if people use those questions, you can really get deeper down into some really deep stuff to where we can help create that transformation. My question to you then is how important is the shadow? I mean, like, what does it reveal for an individual? Because a lot of times, it's, I think it's just human nature. We repel against pain. We, 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 we try to resist um, uncomfortable situations. And I always say, people, if you can just sit in that uncomfortable situation, I promise the other side is going to be absolutely rewarding. Um, but what, what, how important is the shadow and how, how, what does it reveal for an individual? Uh, this, we'll stick with an individual for now.
1: Well, you know, what I found is that the shadow is filled up with nuggets of gold, like some of them, big fat nuggets, you know, like there's a lot of good stuff in a shadow. And really like, let's define shadow. Like shadow isn't necessarily pain. Shadow is what I don't know about myself. So if we want to make a change in our lives, we got to know what we don't know, which means we got to stop and pay attention. And our body is trying to tell us that all day long, you know, when we start getting aches and pains or we can't sleep or things are going on, our body is like cluing us in, like the throat gets tight. The body's saying, something's up with your ability to speak your truth right now. It's telling you all the time. So, you know, shadow work for me is a lot about listening. It's a lot of listening. Listen, listen, listen. Listen to your body. Listen to your emotions. What's coming up for you? I didn't say react from your emotions. I said listen to your emotions, listen to your body. So instead of trying to numb it out, instead of trying to make it go away, like realize that that shadow, that pain, that discomfort, that, you know, that edge that you're at, that is the way to grow. That is the way to expand. It's not in the way. And, you know, it's not something to just let go of and be done with. It's something to actually embrace and go, wow, what do you have for me here? You've got some medicine for me. And I know because I don't want to hold you right now, you know, so there's something inside you that's so powerful for me that I'm running away from it. And so when you actually stop and face that thing, what I found is that there's always some magic in there. There's some profound realization. It's kind of like, I remember being a little kid and being scared of the dark and being scared, you know, that there was a monster in the closet. And I would never walk up to that closet, open the door and look inside, right? Like, I don't want to know what's in that closet. But then my parent, you know, I'd call out to my mom or something. I'd be terrified to, like, step on the floor because something might grab me from under the bed. You know, I'm so terrified to leave my bed. You know, I feel like... That's a reflection of people kind of right now with the current COVID situation, right? I'm so terrified to leave my house. I'm terrified to go anywhere. Meanwhile, I've been to Peru twice, you know, Mexico once during this whole time. So, you know, it's like, don't be afraid to stand up. Be afraid to put your feet down. Don't be afraid to walk to the closet, open the door, turn on the light and look inside. Because probably what you're going to find is that it was a figment of your imagination to begin with. And you might even find that there. There was, maybe there was something in there, but maybe it was a mouse. You know, it got in through some crack or something in the floorboard. So it's a mouse. Okay. What is that mouse teaching you about your fear? So I feel like, I feel like we're facing that right now in the pandemic. And the way that we're responding to it is make it stop, make it go away. I need to hide in my house. I need to, I don't, I I have to, you know, mask up. I can't look at you. All of this stuff is so based in fear. And it's when we have all that fear, we can't give ourselves the space to consider other possibilities beyond the known so i would say like the known is the western paradigm right we can't explore anything beyond the known when we're afraid it's only when we're plugged in and we realize we're safe no matter what happens because we're plugged in and we know who we are we're eternal beings inside of a body there's nothing that can kill us as an eternal being this current vessel might not make it, but we'll have other lifetimes in other forms. So when you actually get to that realization, you can slow down, stop and get curious. And in that interview I was mentioning with Dr. Zach Bush, he talks he walks us through that whole equation. He walks us through what's happening in the microbiome that's causing this pandemic to happen. And it has to do with pollution and it has to do with a virus that carries that pollution right to your lungs. So what do we have over the last, you know, since May and all this resurgence of virus? Everybody went back to driving. Everybody went back to commuting. Everybody went back to crazy, crazy, drive, drive, drive. And except this time, instead of, you know, um, being healthy with healthy lungs that have been breathing clean air and going outside, they're going back after having been inside for over a year with masks on everywhere, even masks in their car. Even, I mean, I've seen people driving with masks all by themselves. So you want to know why people are even more sick now? Why don't we start looking at that and starting to actually uncover what's the underlying dynamic rather than stick a Band-Aid on it? Let's actually do with the work of healing so that we don't have this pandemic take us out.
0: I think nature always is looking at ways to teach us um, and they bring situations to us that we're not paying attention to, just like emotions do the same thing and other things like that. And it's one of the things where it also helps us to shift focus, like the systems we have in place when we look at health uh, may not be the most optimal, because if we're seeing, you know, we're having this virus come out, your body has something called an immune system, which no one has been talking about. Zach Bush, there's other docs that do, don't get me wrong. But like when I look at mainstream media, uh, no one's talking about the immune system, how to educate the immune system. What does the immune system do? How does it Protect the body. How does it handle mutations? What is it? You know all this stuff, and I think it's one of the things where this gives us the opportunity if we can address and say, "Hey, man, maybe I'm maybe I got to shift gears in my belief systems or what I've been doing when it comes to health," and maybe look at other parameters that may be help me in that process. Because like the stuff you're sharing is you know it's one of the things. I mean Zach Bush, he said he was the guy. I heard him in an interview one time on uh, Dell Big Tree where he was talking about how he predicted the next outbreak would be near Wuhan just because of the thing you're sharing pollution. Um, but there's, you know, when we look at, you know, the microbiome, I mean, there's so much, I've studied the microbiome for the last 12 years. And it's one of the things where I find fascinating about it is it's very cons- con- uh, consistent with spiritual laws and, um, uh, in the essence of like, we're all one, we're all connected. And that, you know, the, the microbiome does so much. And I think that if we start to, we, we have to reconnect in nature and, you know, in many different ways, because, um, there were studies I was sharing during this time where I would talk about how you know people were putting um, hand sanitizer like crazy on themselves every two seconds and being very like sanitizing, sanitizing, sanitizing. And I was like, you know, if people, kids who grew up on a farm compared to kids who grew up on a city are way healthier and their immune systems are more enhanced enhanced than those who live in a city. Uh, and, and people be like, well, what is that supposed to mean? I'm like, well, "We need bacteria. It's not a bad thing. You know, just, you know, you don't want to touch cow poop and then be like, yeah, let me lick this up. That, that may not be good for you. Um, <laughs> you know, there's a balance to this because some people get extreme about these things. And it's one of the things where, you know, you brought up some great points on that, where we need to, you know, look at that, like the mask wearing. I mean, that doesn't help in any, you know, your body, your lungs detox, and now you're limiting your detox effect. So there's a lot, I can go down a whole rabbit hole with you on this, but, um, <laughs> As you can tell, but it's one of the things where we, we, we look at that and it's like, but we need to address, you know, I always tell people, focus on you. That was my message since February, 2020 was, you know, focus on you, focus on, you know, your mindset. Don't get by into the fear. And then I started teaching, hey, you have an immune system for a reason. This is how you use it. And this is what it can do to help you. And if something happens, there are things you can do with that because nature always, always provides the cure. Always. It's a universal law.
1: Yeah. And, and also like, it's not a problem, you know, like, remember I said, like the things that happen to you in life are the way it's not in the way, you know, so everyone's trying to avoid this thing. And I'm like, this thing has medicine for everybody because it's teaching us how we react to fear. It's teaching us how we react to our mortality. It's showing us that we're not paying attention to the planet because as Dr. Zach Booker was talking about, you know, a lot of this happened because of all the toxicity, you know, pig shit and all this other stuff, pollution. You know, this is what's what's contributing to the deadliness of this virus. And if people would open up to hear something other than the mainstream dialogue on Fox News and other channels, they would see that there's like this other potential. But you know, this is, this requires going beyond the pill. You know, so when I was in my psychotherapy and I was um, weekly, weekly, this, the solution was, hey, just take this pill and you won't feel anything. A lot of people are still in that space right now. So I have compassion. I get it. I understand that you've been sold a bill of goods that that pill is going to cure things. It doesn't help. I, on the other side of my experience of taking those pills for 13 years, you know, none of the stuff that it was trying to hide from me went away. As a matter of fact, Fact it was under the surface the whole time. It's just that I wasn't aware of it, and because I wasn't aware of it, I couldn't feel it. I actually did some pretty cold hearted stuff at the end of my marriage. So I want to say like those pills are not a. They're not the answer. The answer is the, is the actually facing the challenges in front of you and moving through it courageously to open your heart and be with the discomfort, and you know plugging back into Mother Earth. That's why I teach people how to do that because for me. When I started the shamanic path, which is a path about plugging into earth, I started walking the way of being an earth keeper. And being an earth keeper is all about realizing that this planet is alive. She's conscious. She's actually our mother earth. That's why we call her mother. She's our mother earth. She has wisdom that she's trying to share with us. And she's trying to get us to slow down and listen. And cooperate, you know, and like learn our lessons. That's all she's trying to do. And because we haven't done it, now we have this virus. So if we really want this stuff to stop, the answer is let's listen to our mother. Let's learn how to listen. You know, and it's really beyond going for a hike. It's it's beyond putting your feet on the ground, although that's a great idea. Get you started. It's actually about Living every day of your life as a ceremony and honoring the earth and saying, Thank you for this food. Thank you for my breath. Thank you for these beautiful trees that give me shade. Thank you for these lovely flowers that are so beautiful to smell and to look at. Thank you for my partner. Thank you for my children. Thank you for all of this, even the parts that hurt. Thank you so much. And the deeper your gratitude, the deeper your love is the deeper the healing and the deeper that you know yourself and you're connected with this beautiful planet. And one time I want to share this experience because it was right at the beginning of COVID and people were starting to freak out, you know, and it was before the borders were closed and before the, you know, before everybody had like a stay at home order. My husband and I were slated to go with our, with our spiritual teachers to Mexico on a pilgrimage because we study with the indigenous people there. And we do an annual pilgrimage where we really honor Mother Earth. And we, we, we pray and, and we, we do a lot of beautiful work, ceremonial work to honor the earth and to honor ourselves and to, and to say thank you for all the gifts you've given me over the past year. I really appreciate this. And we went there ourselves, even though our teachers canceled. And it, I was scared. I have to admit, I was like, oh, my God, we're going to travel during COVID. Oh, my God, this is really scary. What if we catch it and we die in Mexico? I had all these fears, and then I had to dig into my faith because I knew my heart was saying to go. So we dug into our faith and we went. We had the most beautiful week near Teotihuacan. We were the only people there. We got to go into Teotihuacan without, like, hundreds of thousands of visitors. We were, like, the only ones there. And we got to stay on this um, property that's like just feet away from, from Teotihuacan. And on this property is a, no, is a labyrinth. If everybody knows what a labyrinth is, it's sort of like this thing where you, you walk this pathway that's circular all the way to the center, and then you offer something in prayer and gratitude and thanks, and then you walk all the way back out. Well, this particular labyrinth, I knew I needed to walk barefoot. And I was walking it barefoot, and there were huge jazz fire ants. <laughs> You know, because it's Mexico. And I thought, I hope I don't step on one of these things or one of these things bites me. Because if it bites me, it's going to go all the way up my leg. But I knew I needed to walk barefoot. And as I started my prayers and I started walking, I realized that Mother Earth was guiding me. She was guiding me where to put my foot. She was guiding me the timing. She was even talking to the ants. And I was able to walk that entire labyrinth without one bite, in and out. And I did that every day I was there. That taught me so much about living in harmony and living plugged into earth. When you're plugged in and you're living in harmony, you're listening. And when you're listening, you turn left instead of turning right, and then later on there's an accident when you go right. You know, you listen and you're diverted away from the calamity. So the fastest path in my book to, you know, surviving this, this event we're facing is by plugging back into mother earth and listening to her and letting her harmonize your life so that you're going to avoid the big calamities. And then you can face your problems with a lot more grace. So that's what I've been experiencing, and that's what I teach people to do. It's a powerful way to live.
0: Extremely powerful. I love what you're sharing, and the wisdom there is just absolutely amazing. It's it's so deep and so grounded, and it's truth in a sense. Because I mean, that's that's how I would that's what I would call it in so many ways. And I think like this is something like when you are sharing about like you know you're feeling to go left instead of right, right? All that stuff. I always tell people, like, how do people back in the day, like they they connected with nature? They even, I even think to a certain degree, they even they knew how to live in union with nature. And when I say nature, not just the trees and the environment, and the microbiome, and all that good stuff and, and that, but also animals. Like knowing mm-hmm. at that level, if you can get that deep within, I mean, I know spiritual people in certain aspects how does like a person work with be around lions? Like this one person can be around lions and, and they're not like domesticated to a certain degree. It, it's just that energy or I know another guy up North, not that I know him personally um, in Canada who works, who, he can be around grizzly bears all the time. Well, I
1: got a story about that. If you want to hear it.
0: I love it. Yeah, go ahead.
1: <laughs> so, you know, my last name um, is hummingbird. Actually, my last name is now Sami, but um, my middle name is hummingbird. I took on the name hummingbird when I met my first spirit guide in a drum journey so shamanic teachings you learn how to do a drum journey for yourself the drum helps you connect with mother earth's heart and in your heart opens your heart up and you go deep inside yourself so that's the benefit of the drum journey it gets you out of your brain i don't know about you but i had a really busy brain so i needed extra help so i got myself a drum and i met my my hummingbird on that drum, on that drum journey i was actually manifesting this house that i'm living in today it was under contract gone back and forth several times, and everybody knows usually that means it's going to be sold, but in my case it didn't mean that because I did my drum journey <laughs> because this house is mine, so it's mine now but more to the point, i was um years later I was doing this um retreat for three days it was like a it's called a solo um it wasn't it wasn't all the way you know um too extreme we had water we had um, a tent and you know, you had to stay on your own spot of land. It was like, you're just, you know, my chance to just kind of be with myself for three days. It was part of my training program. And on the end of the first day, I had already, you know, been very busy. I created my medicine wheel. You know, I did all the things and there's nothing left to do. So I found this big old rock and I stepped up on it. And I started singing and practicing one of the Icaros. And Icaros are medicine songs from the jungle. And so I started uh, the jungle in Peru, by the way. So I started singing one of those Icaros and calling in support. So I was calling in the trees, the mountains, you know, the bears, just calling it all in. And I had this little inner giggle. And the last one I called in, I started calling in hummingbird because something inside me giggled. And I called in hummingbird. And before I was even done with the stanza, Hummingbird appeared in front of me, whisked through the woods, and just hovered right in front of my third eye for like, I don't even know how long it was. It felt like forever. And I was in awe. I had that moment of, like, you're kidding, right? Like, I called Hummingbird and it showed up. This is crazy, right? And here it was. And I looked at it and I was like just mesmerized. And I realized in this moment of connection, that hummingbird, that spirit was letting me know through this hummingbird, that Mother Earth was letting me know through this hummingbird, I'm always listening. You don't have to worry if you're being heard. I'm right here. And I looked at the hummingbird and I said, you're trying to tell me that you're always here, that you come when I call. And it actually nodded its head and then flew away. (laughs) It's like, I mean, I have these kinds of experiences, Victor. So I like to invite other people to have these kinds of experiences for themselves, to get plugged into Mother Earth, and to realize that our mother loves us. She has not kicked us off this planet yet, even though we've done a whole lot of things that would be grounds for being kicked off. She hasn't done that to us. She's trying to teach us. She wants more than anything that we listen and we learn. That's what this whole thing is about. I remember another, I'll just tell you one more, one more vision. I had. this was an actual, this was a vision. Another thing actually like physically happened. This was a vision I had in a deep meditation, um, doing some ceremonial work. I was arguing with like, you know, how come people are doing so many screwed up things on the earth? Like, why are people polluting the waters? Why are we doing all this stuff? This is terrible. I'm arguing with this. You know, why are people mean to each other? Why do they, you know, they they slam the door in each other's face? Why is all this happening? And Mother Earth came in and said to me, Carrie, it's good mulch. There's nothing wrong here. I was like, what do you mean it's good mulch? Mulch stinks. She's like, mulch grows beautiful things. Without the mulch, we can't grow beautiful things in our lives. It's good. So embrace the mulch. And I was like, oh, so you want me to love the shit, basically. And she's like, yeah, love the shit. So you asked me a little while ago, like, how do I, you know, what's the value of shadow work? Why do I embrace it so much? Because I've directly heard the message over and over again, love that shit. Because the shit holds all the things we need. It's got everything in it. It's got the gold. It's got the lessons. It's got the pathway forward. It's got everything we need. So we bring our light down there and love it. We're going to learn and we're going to grow. And we're going to be on this planet for a long time to come. But if we turn away from that and we avoid it and we walk away, we have a different outcome that I don't want to see. So, I'm always out here. I do these podcasts. I, I know you're, you probably talk yourself blue in the face, Victor. I do too. My whole thing is like, I, I'm not going to give up. I'll be here till whatever, whatever outcome there is. I'm going to be here. I'm going to stay. I'm not going to leave. I'm going to stay. I'm going to have my heart open the whole time. And I'm just inviting everyone to please listen. Please plug back into the earth. However, you do it, however, your pathway, please just listen.
0: I love that. And I know how you feel about being blue in the face. <laughs> definitely, definitely listen. Uh, Carrie's sharing some amazing nuggets today. And this is a great way to, for the listeners who are like, oh my goodness, yes, I got that good feeling going on right now. Carrie, how can people connect with you and follow you and find all that you're doing and, and, and get your book and all that good stuff?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I've got a number one international bestseller that's called The Second Wave Transcending to Human Drama. It's been on the charts for about 105 weeks now, I think today. I've got another book called Healing the Mother Wound, Love is Fierce, Healing the Mother Wound. That one was a bestseller as well. It's doing great. And those are profound books to get a starting place. They're both on Amazon. And you can find those books and my programs and my podcast, Soul Nectar Show, at kerryhummingbird.com, K-E-R-R-I hummingbird.com and if you get on my email list you'll you'll get some perks from now and then and also um just want to say uh anybody who really feels moved by this um it you know pay attention to that today like just take one action one action today and maybe that action is that you make a commitment to yourself maybe that action is you pick up some trash that's lying in the park you know whatever the action like take a meaningful action and if you're interested in um, you know, how to become an earth keeper, I do that training. You know, I, I'm actually I'm so grateful that um been initiated to be a teacher of the medicine that I learned in Peru. So I, I initiate people to be Mesa carriers and um to walk the path of the Incan long ago and to be earth keepers. And if that calls to you or if you want to do some work healing the mother wound, please reach out. Um I offer discovery calls and things like that because I know it's, you know, it's important to find the right fit, right, Victor? I mean, you can't just work with anybody. You've got to really feel safe. So um, I'm just so blessed to do this work. And I'm, I'm so grateful to be in connection with people like you, Victor. I mean, there's so many beautiful messengers out here sharing this message. At this time, we're doing this together. And, um, you know, we're the second wave.
0: I love that. Yes, totally. And for the listeners, that will be in the show notes for you to guys connect. Um, Carrie, this was awesome. I had a blast having you on. It was a lot of fun and I love what you're doing. Again, it's... Like you said, there's a lot of messengers and we're all – even if we don't know each other, we're all working in this together to create that second wave and create that, the, the, that awakening that needs to happen. And I always say it's just returning back to who we are as humans, the, real, the way we were before. I don't know what the era that was, but it's, <laughs> uh, it's just a feeling I get. I always say, I'm like, yeah, we're going back to how we used to be. And they're like, well, what do you mean by that? I'm like, you know, it's just connecting with the g- nature, connecting with the ground you know, doing those, doing, doing that and, and, and doing the things that are necessary for us to have this experience, but enjoy the process in that. So um, kudos to all that you're doing and, uh, yeah, greatly appreciate. And thank you for taking the time to share this with the, with the family over here at uh, the Mindful Experiment.
1: Absolutely. Blessings to everybody.
0: Until next time, keep rocking and rolling.